The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Good morning. How are you guys? Uh, we're good, tired. Good. We're tired. We've been, <laughs> I'm not. I've been up since 3.30. Good morning radio. Stuck it up. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's hard to get used to. Uh, so, did Ben... Did- I have a question. Are you tired because you had to wake up so early? Or are you tired because uh, you're tired of being a loser with the Dallas Cowboys this last weekend? Oh, oh no. Oh, my gosh. Can we drop this caller right now? <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> Dang it. Technical difficulty still. No, he's... Open well, wait. You're, no, you're... Aren't you... You're, you're, aren't you a Cowboys fan? I am, but it was too easy because I know that when they lose, I just expect it's like an abusive relationship. I know oh. it's always going to get better. Yes. And I feel like with you, I feel like with you, you have this eternal hope that, that Troy Aikman somehow the quarterback and Emmett Smith is somehow running the ball and somehow we're going to win a Super Bowl. And then when I see that happen the, the other night, I was just like, I know who's freaking out right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I was, uh, you know, the, the game, I said, what are you doing? Why are you punting? You should have been in my in my living room at that moment. I was going crazy. Totally should have. Fourth and one. Totally. Fourth and one. 18 out yeah. of the 19 times in the Zeke Dak era. 18 out of yeah. the 19 times we've gone for it on fourth and one. We've made it. Why in the world would you punt? Thank you for getting me off on why, this tangent, why, Ben Ferguson. Why on earth? It's like when I see I don't get to play golf very often. So when I do. I always laugh because people are like, you're going to go for it? I'm like, I didn't wake up this morning to lay up. I'm going for it. I don't get to play golf enough to lay up. I'm here to go all out. That's the same thing. It's like you, you play that long of a game. You're at the end. You have a chance to win the thing, and you punt it? Like, come on. And then my my favorite part is Jason Garrett just clapping away. Like, thank you for not coaching, but, man, you're good at clapping. Right, yeah. That's about the only thing that he's good at. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that and taking orders from Jerry Jones. Well, so yeah. Apparently, uh, all you have to do to keep that job. Yes. Yeah, he is. He has that leash on really, really tightly on uh, on Jason Garrett. Uh, so <laughs> now that we got our Cowboys uh, uh, support group out of the way. It's like, hi, my name is Ben. I, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Sadly. Let's move I'm... on to real, real news, as they say. Yeah. So uh, did you hear those comments that, that Trump made? Yes. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, but I just kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, do you agree with him that this is this is with mob mob rule, mob mentality at this point? Of course it is. I mean, that's a, that's 100 percent what this is. I mean, this is a this is a mob mentality where it is to seek and destroy. Um, you know, there was a there was a clip that came out of Nancy Pelosi uh, talking about how you basically destroy someone's life. And she talks about, you know, you, you get it, you get an accusation out there and then you get somebody in the media to write about it. And then everybody else gets to talk about how the media reported it, which is part of the character assassination. This is exactly what's happened. I mean, you, you know, look at all the people that are angry. Look at Cory Booker. I mean, Cory Booker yesterday is talking about, well, if we can just grab control of one of the houses of Congress, you know, will impeach this guy. And it's, and it's exactly re- referring to Brett Kavanaugh, referring yeah. to the Supreme Court justice. Uh, it, you know, you, you see the mentality in the playbook here is consistent. What? If you don't like someone, you do everything you can to destroy that person. You go after a character assassination first and foremost to destroy them. And then you get the media to write insane headlines about them. Uh, you, they did it with Donald Trump with collusion and Russians and meetings and sons and daughters involved and this, that, and the other. You get somebody reported on the fringe media, uh, who I wouldn't even refer to as real media, 
then the real media gets to pick it up as, oh, well, hey, I'm talking about it because somebody else talked about it. I mean, it's this is like mean girls in high school, it's, it's, it, except it's the real world we live in now, which is there is nothing that is not on the table. There is nothing that is not an option to destroy somebody with. But why do you think, what gets me is that they they already started doing this bef- before Kavanaugh was confirmed. I mean, that was their go-to. They thought, we are going to wage this culture war. Uh, you know, we're going all in on this, and this is going to stop Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation. And it didn't. So it's like, why are they still doubling down on it? If it didn't work before, why do they think yeah. it's going to work now? Or do you think it is going to work? I think, well, I, I think that when you have, I mean, and, and I mean this seriously, if I'm sitting around as a logical advisor to the DNC um, or to a Democratic candidate for Congress, I would sit there and go, okay, let's, let's take off the table what, I can't, what you can't run on, okay? You, you can't run on the economy's bad. You can't run off uh, of the job market going overseas anymore. You can't run off of bad trade. You can't run off foreign policy because we're not in a bunch of wars, which is their usual go-to, right? Mm-hmm. Elect us. We'll get us out of Iraq, Afghanistan. We'll stop spending your money on these senseless wars and having American soldiers die. I mean, they've been using that one now for almost 15, 18 years now. Yeah. Um, and so that one you can't use. So what's left? I mean, if you look at voters, what matters to voters? You know, it is it's the economy. It's taxes. Democrats, what are they going to do? Go out there and say, hey, we're going to raise your taxes. It'll be good for you. Right. Um, we're going to get rid of the, the, the Trump tax cuts that, that we told you were only going to affect the rich, which clearly have not. They've affected every American. Help the job market. You're paying less in taxes. I mean, those are just examples of what do you have left? So the only other thing you have left, and, and I'm saying this if I'm just purely an advisor, taking taking emotion and politics and my personal feelings out of it, I would I would I would tell a Democrat candidate what you have to do is terrorize your constituents to believe that that the world is ending, that Donald Trump and the Republican Party is a scary country that wants to destroy your life, wants to take away rights, wants to go back to a racist, bigoted time in America. And that's all they can run on. They can't run on anything else. You can't run on raising your taxes. You can't run on undoing NAFTA. You can't uh, run on undoing you know, trade deals that clearly are going to be better for America. You can't run on, I want the economy to be worse. So what do you have left at your disposal? I mean, this is the whole thing, which is turn Donald Trump and delegitimize Donald Trump, right? You, you delegitimize Donald Trump and say that he stole an election, that he wasn't elected in a free and fair election, that he wasn't elected by the popular vote, which doesn't matter. And, and then you do the same thing to Brett Kavanaugh, and you say that Brett Kavanaugh is going to force you to not have an abortion, right? right. You're gonna, he's going he's gonna, to uh, somehow undo gay marriage. Right. He's going to take away rights of African Americans. Uh, you, you, you scream, this guy is falling like chicken little long enough, and I guess they think it's going to work. Yeah, uh, but uh, you don't think that it will because I, I no, usually I, I, I don't think I, that it will. I have I, my I, moments. I have my moments where yeah, I get I worried that it will. I said this on TV all weekend long and I laughed because after Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed, I, I looked at Democrat strategists on TV and I said, you do realize what you guys just did. What you just did was gave up the Senate because I honestly believe. Yes, that the Democrats were going to win the Senate. I do. I think the numbers were too tight. I think if they would have let Brett Kavanaugh be sworn in and they would have just run on the Supreme Court is changed to a conservative court. And if you want that to stop and you care about gay marriage and you care about abortion and women's rights, 
you've got to make sure that we win this election because if you don't, we're, we're done. Yeah. Right? If they would have done that, if they would have said that, I think this election honestly would have been over. Yeah. Um, I think they would have won back the Senate. I don't think they could have taken the House, but I think they certainly could have taken the Senate. And now what they did was not only did we get a Supreme Court justice on there, the, the enthusiasm gap, there are a lot of women especially who are very good voters. And what I mean is if a woman cares about an issue, they show up in higher numbers than men do. There are a lot of conservative women and moderate women that looked at what was happening to Brett Kavanaugh, did not believe the accuser, did not, you know, believed evidence over feelings and emotions, who saw their dads, who saw their sons, who saw their, their brothers, who saw their uncles uh, and family members and said, this could happen to one of them. I'm going to stand up to this. Oh, my gosh, I'm not going to allow this to happen. Right. Uh, So really quickly, I want to get your take on what you think is going to happen in Texas, because we talk about this, you know, uh, ad nauseum here uh, at the blaze just because we're, you know, we're in Texas and we're seeing it. And I know that the there's polling that makes me a little more comfortable uh, in regards to the Cruz Cruz versus O'Rourke debate. Uh, uh, election, talking but about that guy named Beto, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and Beto. and everybody's supposed to vote for the Beto. Beto. Oh wait, Beto is a white guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, he's the not very Beto. A white name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So so I like to always call him O'Rourke, uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke versus yeah. uh, Rafael Cruz. So what do you see is that is going to happen there? Because I see Beto signs everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And yeah. it, it worries me. But then the poll, I, I see polling that makes me a little bit more comfortable. What's your take? I, look, I think before this Kavanaugh confirmation, um, my, my honest gut is, is that before this Kavanaugh confirmation, Ted Cruz was probably going to win by two or three points. Yeah. I think after this, I think he's going to win by somewhere between seven to ten. Uh, I don't. Wow. I think people are now energized. I think they're fired up. I think they've had enough. I think they've absolutely had enough, and yeah. this is this is their way of saying we're not doing this anymore. Um, you, you know, we're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let this happen in Texas. And I do think it was close. And I think it was going to be close. There's always the risk when you run for president that you come down from this high, high to a low, low. And then there's people that go, well, he doesn't really want to be a senator, right? He really wants to be president. Maybe he really doesn't care about the job as much as I thought. And you have to overcome that. You also have to overcome the fact that you have a guy named Beto, um, you know, and I'd say that with a, you know, asterisk next to it, um, that has run a really smart campaign and has gone out there and done grassroots. I mean, you look at what O'Rourke has done and his campaign, he literally is running for Senate the exact same way that Ted Cruz ran the first time when he was having to run against a, 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 yes. a GOP establishment candidate who had an unlimited funds, unlimited personal wealth, unlimited endorsements from uh, career politicians in Texas. And that's exactly how O'Rourke has run his campaign. I give him a lot of credit for that. I mean, I really do. I give him a lot of credit for that. Yes. And and uh, not no credit <laughs> to Ted Cruz for it seems like he's been dropping the ball. So. He just uh, it, look, I, a little too arrogant. I, mean, I, I think, think. Ted Cruz has been focused a lot on on what's going on in D.C. He was a, obviously a, a strong voice in the room when it came to the confirmation hearings, um, which is I think very very important. I do think that you know you got to get back to your grassroots. You got to get out there and do the grassroots thing. You got to go out there and make sure 
that you don't let this one slip away. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder. Anytime you run for election, it's a humbling process, especially when it's a lot closer than it should be. And if I was Ted Cruz, I'd be a lot more focused on getting back to the state uh, and a lot less focused on maybe some of the national stuff that I've been doing, because clearly it put my seat in Congress at risk. Yeah, there are really severe problems going on in Chicago right now as far as uh gun violence goes on the phone with Ben Ferguson, uh, national radio host. All right, Ben, uh, did you hear the comments that Trump made recently about stop and frisk? He was at a, he was at the convention for the international association of chiefs of police. And he said that he thinks that Chicago should strongly consider stop and frisk and it works. And it was meant for problems like Chicago. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I would agree that it does. It is effective. I would also agree that it's clearly been shown that you can't do it. It's because of the unconstitutionality of it, racial, the racial uh, aspect of it. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Judges won't let it happen. The ACLU will go nuts. Politicians care more about the politics of that than actually saving people's lives. I do think that the president's comments show that he cares about the people who are being murdered senselessly uh, in Chicago every single day. And that's not an exaggeration. I mean, you look at, I mean, we're talking 30, 40, 50 people shot, 60 people shot on a weekend, which is insanity. Yeah. Uh, This is exactly, this is exactly what's happening uh, in Chicago. And look, this is a personal issue for me. I, I, a lot of people don't know this. I'm a victim of a gun crime. Um, I've, I've been jumped. It was a gang initiation. Um, and, uh, I was beaten up and had a gun and luckily was able to fight back and shoot back and save my life. Um, you you know, both the people that ended up assaulting me, both had prior records, both were convicted felons, both were out early on bail, both, one of them even had another court date, both of them were not allowed to own guns, they had guns anyway, Uh, and it was in a city, Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown, where you have the same type of mini Chicago, Uh, you have crime out of control, you had the CEO of the chamber uh, in my hometown that was cold-blooded murdered after leaving a Chamber of Commerce event at 7.30 last week uh, wow. in Memphis, Tennessee. And my point is, is that, you know, crime, crime doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care what your resume says. It doesn't matter if you're in charge of, of promoting the city, for goodness sakes. It doesn't care who you are. And I think the president's point is, is a point that he's saying, you better get this under control. Clearly, it's a political issue there because you saw that the president's former chief of staff not going to run for re-election the Chicago mayor because I think he knows he can't, he, he's not willing to do or, or doesn't know how to do what it takes. I, I, I would say to the people in Chicago, it's time to declare a state of emergency, which is a way to, to implement partial stop and frisk where you have an early curfew at, at, at sundown in high crime areas and hot spots. And then once that, once people are out there, the police can stop them and see what's on them because they're out past curfew. You can ask for IDs. You can run those IDs, see if there's warrants out. So there are ways to do it without being direct stop and frisk, uh, which is the point that I think the president was trying to make. And, and, you know, I I also say this. When when everybody talks about these high-crime areas, whether it's my hometown of Memphis uh, or Chicago, isn't it interesting that it's people like the president, like myself, who are screaming and yelling, demanding change, on crime and we're standing up and let's be let's be real candid the majority of the people that are being murdered in chicago are african-american they're not white people yes the majority of the people that are being killed in memphis are not african are not white people they're african-americans 
I'm standing up for African-Americans, innocent African-Americans, and yet the Democratic Party that claims that they care and they're the only ones that care about African-Americans are the ones that are doing absolutely nothing to protect them and save their lives, which is so, so infuriating to me. Yeah. Uh, Ben, tell everyone before I let you go, tell everyone where they can listen to your show. Yeah, they can. uh, It's easy. The easiest way to just check me out on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson show on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and then you, uh, we've got all the info up there. Just follow us there. And then you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app as well. And uh, and as always, thanks for having me on, guys. I enjoyed being with you this morning. Yeah, thank you thanks, so ben. much, Ben. We'll talk soon. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour. On tour this fall. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.